This is Rewired Radio with Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist, motivational speaker, and author, helping individuals, couples, and families regain a sense of control, leading to personal growth, wellness, and a more fulfilling life. Here's Erica Spiegelman. Welcome, everyone. We have such a special show today. Um, Whether we like it or not, we are all getting older, and aging can have an impact on our bodies and our brains. So just as we take care of ourselves by exercising and eating right, it's important that we consider how to keep our brains functioning at peak condition throughout our lives. My guest today, Dr. Kristen Willemeyer, is a Los Angeles-based neuroscientist who's devoted her distinguished career towards researching the brain-body connection. She's here today to discuss with us how we all can maintain our cognitive function as we age. Dr. Kristen Willemeyer, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Hi, Erica. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on as a guest today. Yes. Well, you know, I, I wrote a book called Rewired, and it's not about necessarily neuroscience, but it was all about how I, through the thousands of people I've I've worked with at treatment centers through the years and how I also changed my life over a decade ago, how it really comes down to pathways, I think, emotionally, mentally, um, our thought habits, how when all those things change, our brains start to change. And I think that's where sustainable recovery from anything happens. Would Do you agree with that? Or can you speak a little to that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm going to have to read your book because I'm really excited to hear about your personal journey. And I will share with you, having spent 20 years in the field of neuroscience, I I studied um, initially degenerative diseases of the brain during the first 10 years of my training. And then I Mm -hmm. moved into clinical studies of the brain and working with human patients in a psychiatric clinic. And I really learned that there are a lot of things that we can do personally to help change the wiring of our brain, mm-hmm. whether that be through diet and lifestyle changes or some of the really unique technologies that we have available, mm-hmm. like neurofeedback, even mm-hmm. hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So I think mm-hmm. this is such a great dialogue to have. And mm-hmm. I think just like you, I'm really about empowering people to take charge of their life today, even if they're healthy. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. we always think that taking care of our brain, we have to do that when we have some kind of disease process or we're struggling with an addiction. But I would even contend that people who are functioning normally still need to be taking good care of their brain. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I mean, most things are, you know, mental in our lives, the way we see the world, everything is a reflection of our of our state of mind, you know, so if I think also Correct. we're not cog- cognizant of like, not only what we put in our bodies and how we sleep and all these other great things, but like also, which, which, which I'd love to, I mean, there's so much to talk to you about, but I'd love to also he- hear about what you feel is like the emo, like the impact of emo- our emotional state of being as well. So if you're in like a toxic environment or you are, you know, been struggling, let's say with years from PTSD or, or some kind of narrative that's unhealthy and not serving you, um, you know, h- how does that affect our brain? And, 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 and also, it isn't everything connected, like our bodies and our minds and our spirits. Like, so if, if one part of our ourselves is struggling, it's going to affect the other part. That's correct. That's such a great topic that you bring up, um, post-traumatic stress disorder and, and mm. 
PTSD doesn't have to come from the fact that you are a war veteran who's been in right. Afghanistan or Iraq. It can happen to anybody because it's all mm. about how we perceive situations in our life. And totally. from mm. the clinical neuroimaging work that we've done, it's really fascinating. There are very specific patterns that we will see in the brain in patients mm. who struggle with PTSD. And I'll just explain a few of them. So we see elevated activity in the anterior cingulate gyrus of the brain. So that's the region of the brain that causes us to get stuck on things when it's overactive. Mm -hmm. So we tend to relive those traumas. We right. see elevated activity in the anxiety centers of the brain. So we call that the basal ganglia, um, which makes us more hypervigilant and more triggered by things mm -hmm. in our environment. And then we see elevated activity in deep limbic centers of the brain. So mm -hmm. we like to refer to that as a diamond pattern when we see it on brain scans. But if we want to sort of pull the camera lens back, so say you're a person who doesn't go in to get a brain scan, but you, you know, you're understanding that you're living this life um, where you're very much emotionally triggered by stressful events, um, mm -hmm. the, the thing that I like to share with people, and it's something that I've started to learn studying more about stress on the brain is that having elevated levels of cortisol and glucocorticoids, so those are released when we have these Our stressful stress. events, they mm -hmm. really tend to impact the, the structures of the brain and lead to volume changes. So we start to mm. see um, decreases in the volume of the hippocampus. So that's the area of the brain responsible for learning and memory and decreases in volume in the frontal lobes, which are really important in executive function and decision-making. So mm -hmm. people then ask, okay, how do I make changes in my life so that I can improve or rewire my brain? And I have mm -hmm. a feeling you've probably done this, but have you explored the use of meditation? So daily meditation yeah. to actually help restore mm -hmm. those areas of the brain. Thank you for listening to Rewired Radio. And now a word from our wonderful sponsors, Professional Revenue Recovery Services. With the ever-changing landscape of private insurance reimbursement, the challenges of maintaining the health of your revenue cycle may seem insurmountable. From complicated billing and clinical guidelines to changing fee structures and more, today's behavioral health providers need an ally to help optimize the revenue cycle and ensure the stability and security of the revenue so that they could focus on providing quality care for their clients. PRRS is a full service revenue cycle management company that specializes in serving the behavioral health community. They offer traditional billing and collection services, as well as utilization management, verification of benefits, training, and consultation. Additionally, they offer transitional and support services for facilities looking to self-manage their own revenue cycle. For more information how PRRS can help you optimize your revenue cycle, visit them on the web at www.prrsinc.com or to speak to somebody, please call 1-888-405-3118.
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've learned for years about it. I've tried it myself and, um, you know, spoken to many professionals that, you know, can explain from um, a medical standpoint or scientific standpoint how that ha- happens. But it's very hard for me. You know, I work kind of on the front lines at treatment centers with people that are just learning self-care, basic self-care. And so, you know, meditation in itself so helpful and so impactful. Um, but to tell people that this is going to change your brain, they don't see, you know, the kind of, they don't, they don't understand sort of how that works. And the reason why I bring it up, it's kind of a new area that I'm starting to delve into as I, I like to help people get to those deeper levels of healing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've actually done some imaging work on people who do meditation and we've seen the ability to increase blood flow in the front part of the brain to help reduce the brain's um, release of cortisol. So I think Mm. what would be really helpful, especially for the kind of audience that you have, is Mm -hmm. learning to take 15 minutes at two points in the day to just sit in silence. And Mm -hmm. learn how to actually quiet the mind Um, because Mm -hmm. it's really, number one, a way to reduce some of the stress hormones that are in our brain, but it can also help in starting to teach people how to become more emotionally resilient. So it's that consistent practice of meditation over time. So say over the course of two months, three months Mm -hmm. to a year Mm -hmm. um, where you can start to really see these tangible changes in the brain. And um, I'm actually going to get on a call a little bit later today with um, a gentleman by the name of Bob Roth, who's the CEO of the David Lynch Foundation. Mm-hmm. So he teaches transcendental meditation right. and has studied its effects in people who have PTSD. So uh, mm-hmm. I just thought it was so applicable to mention to you today, because really, I think that's something that people can really start to look into as a lifestyle habit or strategy that they can really take with them for life. So it's something to really help rewire or change the way the brain is set so you can have um, healthier brain aging. Yeah. And, and on so many levels, and just to mention too, you know, if, if someone's listening today that says, well, I don't have PTSD, but we've all endured some kind of trauma, trauma, meaning, you know, like, being made fun of, having a learning disability, our parents got divorced, um, you know, getting really sick at some point in your life, having an accident of some kind. Like, like you said earlier, it's it's also individualized in what we what we consider trauma, and it's really a dysregulation of your nervous system, right? So it's like right. anytime you you feel dysregulated when you're young or you're scared or you got attacked or I mean, there's so many things. So I I think if we could all be open minded to kind of digging down and being like, you know what, maybe that was a little traumatic for me. And, 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 and not to say that you can't repair from that trauma, but I think anybody would benefit from, you know, sitting in the solitude of the quiet moments, letting their thoughts be processed in a different way. I always felt like it was such an emotionally great time to reconnect with myself. It, it, it was almost just like uh, a relief of some kind, you know? And so I think, Right. I think just, just, I just hope everyone is not intimidated by it. Like, like, like you said, all we have to do is 15 minutes of silence. You don't, there's no right or wrong way. Um, I think some people just get so intimidated by the, the meditation we see on TV or we hear about, you have to do sure. it a certain way, which, which isn't the case. And there's so many free apps, there's guided meditations and, you know, so it's just, it's, it's just about sitting like you said, which I love. I'm well, glad you mentioned it's a that. Great 
tool that people can use. I, I feel like it's underutilized. And yeah, definitely. I, you know, I used to teach these weight management groups in a psychiatric clinic. And at the very end of the class, I would always do just a five to 10 minute meditation. I dim the lights. I'd set a little timer that, you know, when it rang, it was just beautiful little chimes. And we just all sit together with our eyes closed. And I just taught him about breathing, right? Yes. Taking a deep breath in, very slow breath out. And everybody really just enjoyed being in that space. And I knew, being a scientist, I actually knew after taking that whole hour to teach them about great brain habits, if we then closed with that five to 10 minutes of silence, it also helped the information that I share kind of set more into their brain. So mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like it's a really important tool. And as I start to do more work, you know, I've worked with a lot of professional athletes with head injuries, but I'm getting mm-hmm. more into work with firefighters and those who have really struggled with um, PTSD just from being rescue workers and mm-hmm. really wanting to find ways to access deeper level of deeper levels of healing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can go and have somebody do neurofeedback, for example, and I'm, I'm sure you've probably talked about that on one of yes. your programs. And for mm-hmm. those people who aren't aware of it, um, neurofeedback is where we can first measure the electrical activity of the brain and see what areas are working too hard, what areas may not be working enough. And then you can mm-hmm. place leads on very specific points on the scalp. Mm-hmm. And those leads can then work and help the brain to be rewired in a way. So say you have issues with PTSD, anxiety, and you want to calm those down in a way that's non-pharmacological, right? You don't want to have to resort to medication. And perhaps meditation is too hard for you. You can't really sit still. So I mm-hmm. might have somebody use neurofeedback as an adjunct way to help calm down the nervous system, perhaps mm-hmm. calm down the excess activity that's going on in your anxiety centers. And so we can sort of use some of these tools together, right? Neurofeedback plus some meditation to mm-hmm. help the mind to calm down. And as you were saying, that can actually help people um, become more centered spiritually, emotionally. And, and I'll tell you, these habits practiced over the course of days, weeks, and months can have profound um, benefits in people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and and let's get to the, you know, back to like maybe other other ways in which people now, like, let's say they want to turn over a new leaf today. I mean, how important is nutrition and sleep and and the physical aspects of of what we put into our systems? Because, you know, I, I feel that I know, I know Alzheimer's and dementia, and we don't have a lot of information on, you know, necessarily how to prevent it per se, but, but, but we, we kind of could understand that fruits and vegetables and with cancers and all these things, you know, like, is there anything that you tell your clients that, um, you know, you could start doing like today in terms of changing their physical habits? Sure. Oh, there's, there's so many wonderful things you can do. And, and I will share with you, Erica, one of the things that I've learned from being a brain imaging scientist, and I didn't know this until I was in the clinical setting, is that when we scanned people's brains, we were able to see the deficits in blood flow in the regions of the brain um, that ultimately would result in Alzheimer's disease. So mm-hmm. a patient could come in, we'd scan their brain, 
So we'd see low blood flow in the parietal lobe. And while that person may have been cognitively normal at that time, we knew there were already changes happening in the brain that would Mm. ultimately manifest in mild cognitive impairment. So what I really like to share with people when we talk about diet nutrition is, you know, we have to be aware that because these degenerative disorders are starting Mm -hmm. in the brain sort of cellularly 20 to 30 years before we have a symptom, you know, the time is now to start implementing good habits into our life. So what are those habits? One of the things that I love to teach people is you want to take in foods that oxygenate the brain and body. Um, Mm -hmm. So oxygen is, Mm -hmm. it's what keeps our neurons alive and healthy. So what are those foods? Those are live, you know, high enzyme content foods that are raw, living, and uncooked. And I know it sounds so intuitive. I'm sure we all know eat our fruits and vegetables. But when you think about just being more mindful, am I eating things that are oxygenating my brain? So those are going to be the green foods that are still living, right? Kale, broccoli, spinach. Um, and that's why I love for people to do a green juice every day, no matter what. What else you do during your day, if you're still, you know, drinking your coffee, getting a green juice every day, and I'm sure you already know this too, you know, your celery, cucumber, kale, apple, just a fresh green juice, I know is loaded with vital enzymes and antioxidants and nutrients that are fuel for your cells. And I'll share with you, Erica, back when I started doing my PhD training, I would actually work and I had to keep cells, like neurons alive in a little Petri dish so I could do my experiments. And what I learned was that those cells, when they were in what we call an alkaline environment, so the pH of the media around those neurons was more alkaline, which Mm -hmm. would be the equivalent of having green juices or eating green foods, the neurons would sprout, they'd connect with their neighbors, they'd have beautiful cell bodies. I mean, they look amazing. But when the media around those cells was more acidic, um, and and that just happened through normal cellular metabolic processes, the cells would start to shrivel up and die. The synaptic connections would start to shrivel up. And Mm -hmm. I knew I had to change the media. So 20 years ago, I just started to realize, okay, the things that we put in our body that keep it more alkaline are the ones that are going to help oxygenate the cells give them the nutrients they need to survive. Um, So again, the green juices, green foods, clean water. You know, we all talk about needing to drink water. I know most of us don't drink enough. Back Mm -hmm. when I teach my weight management group, I had everybody get those BPA-free bottles (laughs) and make sure they had at least 1.5 liters of water a day. They'd carry it around with them. You squeeze some lemon in it. The lemon would help to make it more living water. Um, wow. So you just mm-hmm. want to have living foods and then reduce right. consumption of foods like um, animal proteins that have too much fat. And we want to mm-hmm. reduce foods that are allergenic like dairy, soy, wheat, corn. Um, right. And then also reducing caffeine consumption. I mean, I know a mm-hmm. lot of people love to drink their coffee, um, mm-hmm. but caffeine is a stimulant. And if we want right. to keep our nervous system balanced, we just have to be more mindful of our stimulants. So yeah, what I yeah. would have clients do is if they drank one cup of coffee, I'd have them match that with a green juice. 
So uh-huh. I just think there are mm-hmm. a lot of fun little habits that we could start to introduce into our life on a daily basis that are going to reap yeah. dividends long-term for your brain health. Absolutely. Thank you for all those amazing suggestions. I, I, I can't agree with you enough. And, you know, I'm I think sure you already do them, but I'll tell I you, yeah. repeating them, it's so, even me doing this for 20 years, Erica, I yeah. still change my habits. I teach people and I'm right. continually modifying and changing and upgrading. So Totally, totally. And I think I can't do them enough. Oh, I I mean, you're you're 100 percent right. You I mean, that's the whole act of life is maintaining balance. We never achieve balance and we achieve perfect perfection. You know, we don't. It's it's all about kind of the ebb and flow, the ups and downs of life, you know, and you have something else going on personally in your life. And let's say your eating habits, you know, take the back seat for a minute and, you know, then your exercise goes out the window and you're sleeping. So we have to like constantly, you know, maintain this awareness and mindfulness about the balance of it all. And, you know, it's like your birthday, you could have like a little cake, but then, you know, the next day get up and exercise and get up early and eat some, you know, just like you were saying, it's it's about the awareness, I think, which is key because we no one could do anything a hundred percent. And so to make these small changes today is great. Yeah. From looking at thousands of brains over, you know, mm-hmm. our clinic ended up, you know, we had 125,000 brain scans. So I've seen wow. so many people's brains over time. And these mm-hmm. little habits, even getting out to do your daily walk or your exercise, um, that that even helps to rewire the brain. Running, mm-hmm. you know, changing up your exercise, running, spinning, mm-hmm. power walking, mm-hmm. keeping that yeah. blood flowing. Um, it's yeah. really just Let's oxygenate our system. Um, I love and something it. that you brought up at the beginning of the call, which yeah. I think is so important, is how we talk to ourselves, the words yes. that we use, um, yes. being mindful of that and changing our language around um, how we look at ourselves. And I feel like you understand this. I, I got mm. that sense when you just opened up the show. And yeah. you know, a lot of times we have these belief systems that are running in our subconscious mind that we don't even know are sort of controlling our behaviors. That might be why we tend to go into addictive behaviors and, you know, Mm -hmm. learning how to navigate our thoughts, how we speak Mm -hmm. to others and how we speak to ourselves is I think another really important. Another facet. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Totally. And that's why, you know, therapy is really important and reading good books on this. Um, uh, just so much, so much. Dr. Kristen Wilmeyer, um, so happy to have you with us. I, I, I really wish we had some more time, but we'll come back again because I know we have actually like so many different topics that you and I could discuss. <laughs> well, thank but you, just, Erica. I, I can yeah. tell. I'm like, I think I've, I have so many questions for you, but I know okay. you're interviewing me right now. Well, we will definitely, we will definitely continue a conversation, whether another podcast or out, out you know, out, out of this. But um, if anybody wants to find you, you know, they could, they could find you. Can you give a, um, a website or any, anywhere that if anyone wants to get in touch? Sure. You can find me on my website. It's drwillemeyer.com, the last name W-I-L-L-E-U-M-I-E-R. Awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's so insightful and such an important conversation. I really appreciate it. You're listening to Rewired Radio. Oh, yeah. On Radio MD. Thank you all for joining us today. And everyone stay well.